It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about the NBA finally putting together their plan to return to basketball and all that I expect to happen from that plan. Last week, we had a phenomenal week. It ended with John Hamm on Friday, and John Hamm was great in his first part on the Thunder Book of Basketball series covering the Golden Era. Part 2, again, airs this Friday. You're going to want to check that out. Also, go check out part, check out Episode 1 in the series with Andrew Schlecht, who covered the Thunder U era. We also talked to Keith Smith. Keith Smith is the one that broke this story, that broke the NBA and Disney World. We talked to him on Wednesday, so go back to last week, listen to that show from Wednesday. Today, though, again, we're going to talk about the NBA officially returning. And we now have a concrete date, a concrete target for the NBA. The NBA has announced that their target date is July 31st for the first game. Training camp will ensue in June. July 31st will start games. Now, we do not know to the extent of those games and what's going to go into that. We know it's going to be in Disney World. We know it's going to be targeted for July 31st. That's the two things that are factual. We know there's going to be a month of training camp, so I guess there's three things that are factual. The rest is still up in the air. And so here's the plans that we've limited it down to. Because, again, if you listen to last week's show, every single every single show last week, all five of them, we had a different scenario, a different plan pop up every single day. But here's what it boils down to. There's only four left on the table. Number one, you get 20 teams. You get every playoff team plus Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio. And those teams will play in a group stage. Instead of the first round of the postseason, you play in a FIFA-style group stage. So no regular season games after that group stage will be down to your top eight. The second plan is a 22-team plan. You bring back all of those teams I just mentioned, the playoff teams, plus Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and uh, San Antonio. You also add in Phoenix and Washington. So in that plan, you play regular season games to determine seeds, and then you play a play-in tournament, and then you play the postseason. The third plan is straight to the postseason, just going straight there. We're only taking the top 16, and from July 31st, on that day, the first day of games, We will start with postseason games. And then the fourth option is bringing back all 30 teams. They're going to bring everyone back, play 72 games each, you know, get get to that 72-game marker, I should say, do a play-in tournament, then do the regular postseason. So there's a lot to unpack from this, but those are your options, okay? Those are your options. Now, I read them off in order of what I think uh, is, well, actually – I'm just going to tell you what I think is the most likely and, and, and unlikely. 
So let's let's re-rank them here because I did it a little bit backwards. I think the most likely option is going to be inviting 22 teams back. So again, the 22 teams will be every playoff team plus the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, uh, Suns, and, and uh, Wizards. I think that's the most likely option. You play regular season games so that way even the Thunder can move up and down. From there, you play a play-in tournament. From there, you play the postseason. That's what I think is the most likely. Second most likely, I would say the 20-team plan, where you're playing in a group stage. The third is going to be straight to the playoffs. The fourth is going to be bringing everyone back. I do not see them bringing everyone back. I think that option is still on the table technically, but in reality, I don't see that happening. In reality, logically, I don't see the NBA having every team come back. So that brings a lot of questions. Let's start with NBA questions, just general NBA questions and and topics. I bring up again, as I did last week, the strength of schedule. How do you handle the strength of schedule? Because look, some of these teams are going to have the benefit of playing the Knicks five times, you know, three times, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks. Some of these teams are going to have the benefit of playing the Hornets a couple times in the end of the season. Some of these teams had already finished playing the upper echelon of teams. So now, if we're playing regular season games again, it'll be, it'll be five to six games each. I should have mentioned that also. Five to six games each. So now you go from possibly playing teams like the Warriors and teams like the Knicks and teams like uh, whoever to almost exclusively playoff teams. Again, you can still get out uh, of the woods with the Suns and the Wizards and the Spurs and the, and the Kings, but from New Orleans up, you're playing good competition, especially if Portland is now healthy, which we expect by July 31st they will be. So your strength of schedule changes dramatically which changes your projected outlook that you had at the stop of the regular season. So how do they balance all that? Is one team in their five games only going to play, you know, top, you know, top four seeds? I mean, that doesn't seem right. But also there's not a lot to choose from. There's not a lot to choose from. Are you going to put in a rule where everyone has to play, you know, the, the, the team's not in the postseason twice or something? I don't know how you can work around that mathematically and how you can put that into practice. So the strength of schedule is a big deal. I want to figure out how they're going to do that. I don't think that there's going to be any back-to-backs when we come back. I think that you'll have a day off in between every single game. You might not get two. You might not get that second quote-unquote travel day. You're just going to get the one break because we're all in a bubble. We've had this long layoff, and you're not traveling anywhere. So you might only get one day off, but I do not think we'll see any back-to-backs. So, but in terms of scheduling, I just want to know how the NBA plans to put two teams against each other in the regular season. And the vote for all of this is supposed to go down on June 4th. That's Thursday. I mentioned last week I expected to hear the plan uh, last Friday at 5 p.m. We heard the plan last Friday at 5 p.m. I would expect to hear this vote. I would expect to hear rumblings of this vote, you know, what they expect to happen around Tuesday or Wednesday. I think by then we'll have a gauge of what's going to happen, barring some unforeseen circumstance. But I expect the actual vote to officially be announced, I'd say probably around 3 p.m. on June 4th. And again, if if I'm putting money down on this, if you've missed sports gambling that much and you just want to you know, throw some money down on, on what the plan's going to be, I don't know if you can do that anywhere, uh, but if you can, I would bet 
it will be a 22-team uh, 22 plan. Again, you bring back those teams. You play five to six regular season games, and then you do the play-in tournament. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what I think that the owners are going to go with. That's what I think the NBA is going to go with. And again, it's important to note uh, that Adam Silver does hold the cards here. He does hold the cards here. He can do pretty much whatever he wants. He can, t- he can have the owners do. Uh, but I think that they're going to end up doing the 22-team plan. And so uh, you transition from that into more NBA questions of just what about family members. Uh, and the NBA put out today that uh, they expect family members to be able to go to the games, uh, go to the site, I should say. There's been nothing about if they can attend games. But go to the site. You would assume once they're in the bubble, though, they can go to games. Uh, but they said they would not expect that to happen. They would not expect families to join players until September. And that makes sense to me because by September, if we're starting on July 31st, by September, we've whittled down the rosters. We've whittled down, uh, I should say, the teams involved. There's not as many players at that bubble. As people move out, people can move in. That's how I would look at it. As teams move out, families can move in. Rather than having every single team get to bring family members for you know, five, five or six days into that bubble environment. So I would say that families in September around there, that's whenever you're going to be around the, uh, I would guess, conference championships, if we still do the champion conferences. So around the semifinals is whenever family members will be back, I think. Uh, and that's right in time to have them go to games uh, and possibly, possibly even create an environment in which the fans at home feel more comfortable in because it will be weird watching games with no fans. Uh, It will be extremely weird, Uh, but if the families are there making a ton of noise and, and being a fun environment, again, nothing crazy, but just a fun environment, it can lessen the, the awkwardness of, of, of absolutely no fans. So I would look for that to happen. Uh, And after the break, we'll talk about one more general NBA news, and then we'll dive into exclusively the Oklahoma City Thunder and how this all unpacks, uh, impacts the Thunder. But first, I want to say about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar can give you all the protein you're going to need for low carbs, low sugar, and 110 calories. It's a great deal. You can use Built Bar pre-workout, post-workout. You can even use Built Bar to eliminate a meal. You can use it as your entire breakfast or lunch or whatever you want to skip for 110 calories for low sugar, low carb. It's very filling. They taste great. And again, that protein is unmatched. For me, I love the banana nut bread, uh, but also anything that says peanut butter because it has that chocolate coating on the outside. So mixing that with the peanut butter is amazing. Peanut butter brownie, just straight up peanut butter. Either one of those two options are among my favorite. Built Bar has been incredible to us. They're going to be incredible to you. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off that first order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off that first order. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So again, I wanted to give one more just general NBA point and then move into just how it affects the Oklahoma City Thunder. So one topic that keeps getting thrown out there is... Will teams who were allowed to open their facilities earlier, will they see a benefit? Will they see an advantage if they got to open up their training facilities a month earlier, even weeks earlier? And to that, I would say no, because the NBA has done a phenomenal job of balancing all of this. If you read about what's going on right now in those facilities, it's not basketball. If you even watch you know, the Instagram stories, it's not basketball. It's wind sprints, it's social distancing, it's no head coaches, it's no contact. It's basically doing everything you can do at home. If you're fortunate enough to have a house and a driveway and a hoop. And that is something that not all, every NBA uh, player does, believe it or not, because some of them live in condos, lofts, apartments, yada, yada, yada. Some of them just don't want a basketball hoop at their house because... I play basketball every single day. What do I need to let my house for? Uh, but I think that there's no advantage to being able to return to practice this early uh, as, it, as it currently stands. The only team that's going to return to play, uh, that's a lock to return to play, that's absolutely returning is the Spurs uh, that do not have their facility open right now. So as long as the Spurs can do training camp, which they're in Texas, they can open, they can open whenever they want to, uh, as long as the Spurs are open by training camp and once we actually get going, they're going to be fine. I do not foresee this being uh, a huge advantage uh, for every other team outside of, I believe, the Pistons, Spurs, and Warriors are the only teams that aren't open right now. Uh, they're going to be fine. The Spurs will be fine. This is not going to be some grand advantage. We're not going to look back at the first round of the Thunder and Jazz and say, you know, the Thunder won that series because Oklahoma opened up earlier, because the facility opened up earlier. And I don't know when the Jazz opened their facility. Uh, and, the, and the Thunder actually did wait a few weeks after Oklahoma opened up. Uh, but still, we're not going to look back and say that was the, de- the determining factor because the NBA has allowed for such a big training camp period. That's good on them. And it's good for the players. It's good for the NBA. And it's good for us because if they tried to rush this, if they tried to capitalize on the fact that they could be the first sport back, and they still might be. Uh, but if they tried to rush this process just for the benefit of eyeballs, what you'd be watching would be bad basketball. It's still going to be a little bit sloppy, uh, but it won't be as bad with the, the amount of training camp we're going to get. Again, pushing it back to July 31st is a big deal for the NBA. Because football's starting. Football's going to, preseason will start probably August 2nd, I think. There's probably around the time the Hall of Fame game starts. Now, you won't lose rating battles to the preseason. I don't care what any of you footballaholics say. There was some of that talk on Twitter. 
The NBA is not losing a battle in ratings to preseason football. I don't care. However, again, giving the report that, that we're getting of families returning to Disney and their families uh, in September, returning to their players in September at Disney World, they plan, again, to continue this season into September and, and maybe even October a little bit, or at least into mid-September. That's dicey, because then you start getting into, into regular football. And just look at that start of the NFL. You start with Chiefs-Texans on the thir- on September 10th, and then two weeks later, you get Chiefs-Ravens, which will be the biggest regular season game in the entire season. That'll be the biggest game of the entire year. That'll be the most watched game on Monday night of the entire year, on any night uh, in the NFL of the entire year, but it's going to be on Monday night. So that's two monumental games that are standalone games on Thursday and Monday, early in September. So you're going to go up against that if you're the NBA, and that's where you start possibly losing the battles that you otherwise wouldn't have lost had you started on July 15th, as we once th- as we once thought. However, pushing this date back does allow for better basketball to be played, and that's what really matters. That's what really matters for the players' health, uh, the players' safety, uh, and even us fans, because again, we're all going to watch basketball when it returns. We've been starving for basketball and sports in general for so long. But the casual fans who you're trying to capitalize on for money and for uh, ratings, that's who you're trying to sway. Again, they don't need to sway me or you. If you're listening to a basketball podcast in the middle of a global pandemic, they've got you. You're going to watch. They need to sway the casual fans who uh, might miss basketball right now, but after they get it back, it's going to eventually fade back into the background of their lives. It's not going to be at the forefront of their lives uh, as it is for maybe you and me. So, if, you, if they see bad basketball when they return, they might not be as apt to return to it. So this does allow for better basketball to be played. And again, it does help offset whatever slight advantage you think that there is of one guy getting up shots at the Thunder Eye on. Again, if these teams got to practice and truly compete, truly have contact, truly have basketball-related activities going on, uh, scrimmages and things like that with Billy Donovan, then you could say, okay, you know what? They do have an advantage, but since it's since it has all the regulations and rules that they do right now, there's no advantage until we get into training camp. And by training camp, I expect the Spurs to be open. Heck, by the time that I put publish on this podcast, they might be open by then. So I, I don't think there's any sort of advantage uh, or disadvantage to having your facilities open right now or closed. But I want to tell you about our good friends over at Blinkist because they're a huge advantage to my life and they should be a huge advantage to your life. So Blinkist is one of the most useful apps on my phone, and Blinkist is a very unique app. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best and key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and allows you to listen to them or read them in just 15 minutes. I throw Blinkist on while I'm getting work done at my desk because I want to learn some new information. Blinkist is great. Again, thousands and thousands and thousands of nonfiction books that you can consume in 15 minutes. With Blinkist, again, it's an unlimited library, unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist is having a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it for free for seven days, and then save 25% off your subscription. Again, that's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com NBA to start your first seven days free and save 25% off your subscription. Again, that's promo code NBA at Blinkist.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So now that we've laid the foundation for the NBA's plans, let's talk about how they relate to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's take the group plan first, because I think that this is one of the worst plans uh, for the Thunder. I would say the second worst plan. The second worst plan for the Thunder, the second worst outcome in all of this, would be the 20-team group stage. And so the group stage, again, you would get five tiers of teams. Each group has a tier. Uh, So tier one is going to be the top four seeds, tier two, and on down the list. I'm sure by now you've seen the Ringer and Kevin O'Connor's graphic floating around. Uh, But for example... Right now, a possible draw for the Thunder is Raptors, Celtics, Mavericks, Spurs. And all these teams will play each other twice, and the top two records will advance to the next round. Do you think the Thunder can have the second-best record of Raptors, Celtics, Mavericks, Spurs? Again, they could. I wouldn't say the Thunder are totally out of it in this case, but... It'd be a heck of a lot easier to beat Utah. It'd be a heck of a lot easier to beat Houston in one round of the playoffs than to be be the second-best team in a group that has the Raptors, Celtics, and Mavericks. A lot easier to beat Utah. A lot easier to beat Houston. And then you can also say, well, what if they draft the group stage? And at this point, I think that you get an even worse drawing for the Thunder. Because to me, this this shouldn't be a snake-style draft if you're going to do a draft. At that point, what's what's the benefit of being in the Bucks position and the Lakers position? If you do a snake style and you could still end up with some of the hardest teams in your group. So I think that you would just draft straight across the board. The Bucks get their first pick at a Tier 2 team. Uh, the Lakers get the second pick at a Tier 2 team and so on and so forth. And in that case, you're going to land with the fourth team, which is the, which is the Clippers. And they're going to draft, and well, not going to draft, they're going to be left with all of the toughest teams within the next years. So you're going to be put in a position where you're going to be with the Celtics still. You're going to be with the Mavericks still. And now you're just going to swap the, the Raptors for the Clippers. I think that that's, that's really your two options in this, in this group stage format. Unless, again, you get a lucky draw in terms of the generated uh, format. If you go strictly genera- uh, you know, generated, auto-generated, maybe you can get lucky, but... Are you putting the confidence that they're going to give the Lakers a tough uh, group in a, in a quote-unquote random generated group? I don't think so. Neither were the Bucks. So I, I hate the group stage. I think that at every turn, it would not benefit Oklahoma City. I think at every turn, it would not benefit Oklahoma City. Uh, the second, I would say that the worst plan in all of this would be just going straight to the postseason, uh, just for the Thunder and the NBA. Number one, what we talked about before the break, Sloppy basketball, sloppy, sloppy basketball, and possible injuries. Number two, uh, for the Thunder, you know, if you go straight to the to the postseason, you miss out on that chance to move up and down the standings because, again, the Thunder were an hour away, you know, a couple hours away on, on March 11th from being the four seed. And with 20 games to play, they still had a chance to be the third seed. 
Uh, they also still have the chance to be the sixth seed. And so there, there's two advantages in all of that. There's two advantages in going up and down the standings. Number one, if you go up, you get a better matchup, presumably. If you go down, you retain that pick, that first round draft pick. And again, people can criticize this draft class all they want to. And I would agree, there's not a ton of franchise altering guys. Not a ton of them. I wouldn't go as far as some people aren't saying there's none, but not, there's not a ton of them. We can get into this draft a ton in this podcast later on, uh, but this draft has guys in it top to bottom that will be key rotational players for playoff teams. They just will. It's a, it's a ton of talent, uh, not, not carrying a franchise talent, but being good NBA players talent. And I think that people get lost in that. Unless the draft has a Zion or a Luka, people don't care about the draft anymore. This draft has has depth in the sense of, you know, you can even pick up a second-round guy that'll have a ton of impact in the NBA. He might not blink overnight like Jaw did and put your franchise into the postseason, but he will help facilitate winning. He will help facilitate wins. And so to go straight to the postseason, you lose out that opportunity to gain your draft pick back. You lose out that opportunity to gain seeding back. And again, sloppy play and injuries with the soft tissue and having to revamp your body because the training camp is all well and good, but it nothing simulates real basketball the way real basketball does. Nothing gets you in game shape more than playing real games. So those are the two worst options. Those are the two worst, I think. Grouping and straight to the regular season. So let's move on to the best option. The perfect scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder is the 22-team plan. Come, come on down, Washington. Come on down, Phoenix. Let's all go to Disney World. Let's play regular season games, five to six of them, to determine seeding, and then a play-in tournament that Thunder will likely not be involved in, uh, of course, unless they just bottom out these last six games. Uh, but And then we'll just do a normal postseason. And the reason this option is so appealing is because, again, what I just talked about, you do get that option of getting your pick back. You also get the option of moving up in the standings. The only benefit of going straight through the postseason is playing Utah, because I do think Utah's a bad team. I, I think with the loss of uh, Boyan and with the Rudy Gobert situation, and not, I'm not talking about the coronavirus thing, I'm just talking about how on the court, even before the season was suspended, they did not mesh well in Utah. They did not play well in Utah. A lot of the times Rudy Gobert this season has looked checked out. Their offense has never really clicked Conley has never really fit in there the way I thought he would. Again, you can go back to my season, uh, regular season predictions, you know, back in September. And I thought Utah and uh, Philadelphia, those were my two biggest misses. I thought they would be a lot better than they turned out to be. So I would love to play Utah just in a vacuum. But when you put in those other factors going straight to the postseason, I would hate it. Uh, so the best scenario, again, going back to that, is the 22-team play-in uh scenario where you're playing five to six regular season games again you get the option to move up and down we've talked about the benefit of that just now and I don't think that the playoff the play-in really concerns the Thunder I do not see them falling out to seventh of course just in six games alone they're not going to go zero and six I don't think so uh, I don't see them falling to seven and this is a great scenario for the Thunder you can try to get that pick back or you can try to move up in the standings so I like that option and then the second option of this, again, the best option is 22 teams. The worst option is the straight to the playoffs. Three is the group stage. And number two, going a lot of jumping up and down this uh, 
power rankings here. My, my apologies for that. But number two would be the 30-team plan, which I think is the least likely to happen. But again, the 30-team plan is the same for the Thunder, the same as I just said for the best scenario. It's it's just you get more teams to pick from on who you're going to play. Uh, but you're going to do the regular season. You can move up and down in the standings, and then you're going to play the postseason like normal. You're not going to do a group stage. So those are how I would rank this scenario, the different possible plans for the Thunder. So let me know what you guys think on Twitter. You can email the show if you don't have Twitter. You can email lothunderpod at gmail.com. If you do have Twitter, hit me up there at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let me know what your ideal scenario is for the NBA and what your ideal scenario is for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Are they the same or are they different? Because for the NBA, from the uh, 10,000 feet away angle of all this, from the you know big picture here, for the, for the most entertainment, the group stage provides a lot of entertainment. I mean, it's what FIFA has worked with uh, in getting huge upsets, monumental upsets. The problem with that plan is the upsets will be awesome in July, but come September when you're competing with the NFL, you're going to be left with, you know, a LeBron-less playoffs if he gets upset, a Giannis-less playoffs if he gets upset in the group stage. I don't think that'll happen, but... Who, who, who would have thought that all these great soccer teams would have gotten upset uh, in, the, in the FIFA? I was, I was looking at a list of all the great teams that went down because of their group you know, that should have won the entire World Cup or however that all works out. Uh, so, again, the group stage would be fun to watch, but for the Thunder, it would be awful. And I just laid out all the plans I think for the Thunder that would be awesome. So let me know what you guys think on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Again, on this week. On Locked on Thunder, we're going to have one more show on Wednesday, uh, hopefully talking more about some news that has popped out of all of this. And then another show on Friday with John Hamm, part two of our conversation of the golden era of Thunder basketball. Next week, the week after this, Brady Trantham joins to wrap up the book of Thunder basketball as we gear up for a return to the NBA. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for listening. The support since taking over the show has been awesome. And I'll address this review real quick here. You know, talking about all the different hosts that have hopped on to Lockdown Thunder, they've all been phenomenal. David Locke has done a great job of outfitting this podcast with great talent, and I hope that I can be the next in line for that. And look, this this podcast is a lot of work. You know, in non-quarantine situations, you get five shows a week. I even gave you five shows a week last week. It's a lot of podcasts to put out whenever these guys like Fred Katz and Brady Trantham and Eric G, these guys had other jobs. Carson Cunningham had other jobs to do. So it is a lot of work and I'm going to be here for a long time. I plan to be here for a long time if David Locke will have me here for a long time. Uh, so yes, this podcast has changed hands a few times. Those guys are phenomenal, uh, but I, I can't handle that. I can only control this show in my hands and I promise that we're all bought in here. I locked on thunder and it's going to be here for a long, long time. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you leave a five-star review on iTunes, leave a question on iTunes reviews. I will get to all of them. I'll answer all of them on the show on Apple podcast. Again, leave any review with the question. I'll answer it. I forgot who wrote that review and questioned if what, what, what the next host would be, but there you go. I answered your question. Uh, so go ahead and leave a review. I'll answer all your questions over there uh, and follow me on Twitter at, at Ryland underscore styles, always in the description of every podcast and be good and be good. to one another, we'll see you next time on Lockdown Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free. 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.